I'm really excited, like Caleb said, to continue this conversation around dreamers and dreaming. What does it mean to dream with God? We kind of brainstormed this idea uh, around the second week of May of this past year, and uh, which feels like a really long time ago. <laughs> like uh, before summer, before school was out, uh, we kind of said, what would it look like to set around this theme of, of dreams, of dreaming with, with God and maybe partnering with what he would want to dream through us? And Again, it seems like a long time ago, but it's already been fun as we launched this series last week to hear how it's been joining in with how God's led so many of us already. The dreams that are, have already been stirred. Heard multiple stories this week of journey people who were experiencing uh, kind of God taking them on this journey of looking towards a, a bigger and a better future with Him long before the series even started. So I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful we get to join in with what God is doing both in us, our lives as individu individuals and families and also as a church. If you weren't here last week, I want to give you a little recap of where we started with, the foundation we laid, and then really look uh, very practically today. So if you're a note taker, maybe get something uh, you can jot notes on. If you're not a note taker, maybe get something you can jot notes on. I think it's going to be helpful for you as you, yeah, that was a joke. Uh, it'll be helpful for you as you track along with where we're going today, especially in the later part of our message. We started last week saying we have dreams. We get to live into dreams because God is a dreamer. Because God created Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says God created the heavens and the earth. Like right in the beginning, God creates. And God creates because he has a, he has a dream. He has an intention. He has a design. I want to take you, just look at these words of, of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. At this time, the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. If you keep reading in the Genesis account, you see that God creates. He had a plan to create, and he starts to speak it into existence. He starts to speak, and there's light. He starts to speak, and there's like animals. There's like dividing lines that take place in the creation. It's like it starts to come to fruition. And again, I don't think God was creating randomly. I don't think he was just shooting from the hip like, ah, oh, let's like, you know, giraffes and let's do this thing. Let's, let's just add this element over here. I think God had a, I think he had a plan to express, express his glory and his goodness. And he creates it as the Bible says, right? Six days of creation and then the Sabbath, he rests on the seven days. just said, man, I'm, I'm really proud of this. This is looking really, really good. I'm happy with this. He, he rests and God creates because God had a dream. God created man and woman because he had a dream. He had a dream to walk with them, to co-create, to co-rule with them. And as you probably know, Genesis chapter 3, the dream gets broken. The dream takes a detour. But God, all through the Old Testament, has restored the dream. He's trying to redeem the dream, redeem the original intent he has for his people, for his creation. And so God created with dream. And we just said for us, if, if, if we're to dream, if we're to be people who look towards a future with God full of faith and expectation, here's maybe a definition we could just latch onto, that a dream is a picture of the future that both brings God glory and brings the world good. That as we, as we think about dreaming, what, what does it mean to dream? Not just like I'm, I'm in REM sleep and I'm, 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 picking, you know, I'm picturing things and I'm, I'm having these memories or these things about the future or maybe you're like a stress dreamer, right? Like you're just having like what could go wrong. You're having these dreams. Maybe not like a physical dream of when you're asleep, but it's, it's when we allow God to give us a picture of what could be 
we acknowledge what is, but we have a picture of the future that ultimately would bring him glory and it would bring the world good. It would, it would bring God glory, point people to Jesus, point people to his goodness, point people to his kingdom, and it would impact the world around us for good. That's where we started last week. And last week we ended with these, you could call them theme verses. Ephesians 2 verse 10 is one of them. And Paul writes this. He's trying to help people understand why they should dream. He's trying to help people understand into the God dreams that God has for them that he wants them to live into. It says this, for we are his workmanship. We're his handiwork. We're his masterpiece. We're created in Christ Jesus or created anew in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I love this picture from Paul because Paul's saying, you're not here on accident. God didn't make any of us and then just say, oh, nuts. What am I going to do with them? What, what, what are we doing here? God created each one of us. And it's this, this picture that God made good works for you. And then he tailor made you to live into those good works. God, God made good works for you. He set before the world existed. He set a plan and a purpose for your life into motion. And then he tailor made you to live into those good works. And it's just the reality. There's some things in the world. There's things in your family. There's things in our communities that if you and I don't live into, they may never be realized in our world. It's this picture. God, God placed them out beforehand, and he designed us. He tailor-made us to live into them. I want to take you to one more part in, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. He says this, Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, God's able to do abundantly more than you may ask or think. And what Paul's implying here is that you have a posture with God, that you have a, a standing with God where you are asking and you are thinking. Or, or Jesus would say, you're asking and you're receiving. You're, you're asking for his kingdom to come, his will to be done in and through your life on earth as it is in heaven. He has this assumption that, that we are people who are asking and thinking. But so many of us, we, we don't dream. So many of us, we lose maybe the ability or the desire or, or the posture to dream. And I think, I think it happens for a couple reasons. Maybe some of us are in the room today, and you had a dream. You had a dream. Whether it's for your work or your family or your marriage or your future, you had a dream. And the dream's been crushed. The dream's been derailed. The dream's been broken. It's off course somehow. And I just want to say that God has all kinds of grace. Like we talked about a handful of moments, God has all kinds of grace and mercy and compassion for you. And maybe as we talk about looking towards the future, we talk about a, a bigger and a better future with God, maybe it just stirs some of that hurt, some of that disappointment. I believe God wants to meet you in that. But for all of us across the board, I think we, I think we get to look forward. And I think there's a couple reasons we don't. I think the first is we don't think we should. Sometimes when we're in a place of, of complacency or apathy, we don't think we should. It's like, no, I, I figured out how to, you know, kind of make life work and things are turning and things are moving. I don't think I should look with a lot of hope or a lot of faith or the expectation for the future. I think we just get in this place, we don't think we should dream. 
I think a lot of us, we, we don't think we should dream because we have a, a skewed view of the person and the character of God. I think sometimes if we, if we look at, at God as someone who is holding back, he's only trying to give enough grace, he's only trying to give enough potential, he's only trying to give enough resources for you to skate by on earth and just make it to heaven. I don't, I don't think it's going to lead you to a posture where you feel like, I should dream. It's, we can view God maybe as a, a little more of a scarcity mindset. There's a, there's a limit there, and it causes us to, to not be in this place where we think we should dream. Some of us think we don't think we can dream. Don't think we can dream. Maybe it's trapped by, by life circumstances. Just feel like, man, I feel like boxed in. I feel like I don't have the, the freedom or the room to dream. Some of us were experienced, you know, doubt or, or fear that limits our ability limits our capacity to feel like we can dream, feel like we can look towards the future with hope and expectation. But Paul is saying from people all across the board that God is someone now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than you ask or think. Paul, Paul's saying God is someone, he's able to do far more than you may ask or think. He's someone that can do far more than you could either, either, even dream of or, or perceive with your mind. He's someone who can do far more than you maybe put pen to a paper in a prayer journal. He's someone who you can do far more abundantly than all you ask or think. All you ask or think. And today, I want to I talk about this. I want to talk about how we start to ask and think. How we start to ask and think. If, if that's the assumption of Paul, then how do we ask or think? How, how do we have a God dream? How do we start to form a, a, a dream, a picture of the future that does bring God glory and bring the world good and unlock some of those good works that we were created to live in? How, how do we dream? I want to talk about this, how, how to have a dream, how to, how to have a dream. Let's go back to our definition. And this is where we're going to break this down together. We're going to walk this definition now, and I believe it's going to be helpful for so many of us. Again, a dream is a picture of the future that brings God glory in the world. God's never going to give you a dream. He's never going to give you a vision. He's never going to give you a plan for your life that doesn't ultimately point to his character, his nature, his goodness. He's never going to give you a dream or a plan or a vision for your life that doesn't positively impact the world around you. It, it, this is what it means to dream, to dream. Now, for some of us, we think of dreams, and maybe you think of like a bucket list. You know, you, you can maybe think of different sizes of dreams. Maybe you're like a Starbucks person, and uh, you know, there's like the, 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 the tall or like what normal people call like small. And there's like the grande, which normal people call large, right? And then the venti, which is normal people call extra large. And then there's the, the trenta. Like the trenta is, I think it's like 32 ounces. It's like the big gulp of Starbucks, right? Like it's a big dream. We're not talking about the little tall espresso cup dreams. We're talking about the big ones, like the, the, the big ones, the, the God-sized ones. And I hope you have a small list of dreams. I hope you have a bucket list. Like, I hope you have a dream one day to, like, go whale watching or, or meet your celebrity crush, right, or, or, or throw a first pitch at a baseball game. I hope you have a list of that. And I believe God would, like, get a kick out of you doing some of that stuff. Maybe not the celebrity crush one. But, like, I think, I think there's some desires in you that, like, God would have a lot of fun seeing you throw a first pitch at an MLB game. I, I just think he would. I hope, you have a, I hope you have a bucket list. I hope you have like a dream list. And some of us, we could probably spend all day on the things we want to do, 
go or, or go to or see. But we're talking about like the big ones. We're talking about the Trenta-sized dreams, like the God-sized dream. I love what Mark Batterson says. This. He says a God-sized dream, a God-sized dream is a dream that is destined to fail without heaven's intervention. A God-sized dream, when you're dreaming God-sized, when you're dreaming Trenta-sized, it's a dream that's not going to be only pulled off by your resources, your wiring, your present connections, your abilities. When you dream a God-sized dream, it's a dream that's destined to fail and to flop if God doesn't put his hand of blessing and favor and provision on it. We're talking about, we're talking about God-sized dreams. So how do we do it? How do we do it? First of all, we talked about this last week. We had this question of where do you need to dream? The first thing you do is you choose an area. Choose an area. Choose an area of your life. Cho- choose an area of your life where you need to dream. Again, maybe it's, your, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an addiction and a pattern of living. Maybe it's something really tangible like your, your resources, your, your money, your, your house. Maybe it's something uh, a little less tangible like a, a vocation and, and where you're headed next or a retirement. Choose an area. Choose an area. It could be any area of your life. Any area of your life, your faith, choose an area. And when you start to have that area, then you start to zero in, okay, say, what God would be the picture in that area? If, if there's something that could be in my family, what might that be? It's, it's when we start to get the first part of the, the definition. So we start to ask God for a picture. Like, God, man, I, I feel like I could maybe be in this place. I, I want you to give me a picture for what could be true in my marriage. I, I want to give you a picture of what could be true in my education or my vocational journey. I want to, God, I want you to give me a picture of what could be. I'm acknowledging what is, but I'm asking as I choose this area, as I'm kind of like narrowing the funnel, God, what might be a picture that's not yet that you'd help me see? When you do that, you start to construct the dream. So you choose an area, you choose an area, and then you start to construct a dream. And in this picture, what is true in the picture? What, what in the truth, is, is it, uh, is it uh, I'm 20 pounds lighter and I, and I have more margin in my life? What, what, what's the picture? Is it I feel more participating with God in, in my vocation? What's the picture? Am, am I debt free? What's the picture that with the eyes of faith that you could start to construct the dream? You choose an area of your life and you start to construct the dream. I, I want to give you some journey dreams. Some dreams right now that people have, uh, people are dreaming, and, and it's not fully, uh, it's not fully teased out yet. It's not fully described, but it's it's starting to have a, a picture of what could be. Some people, a part of journey, are dreaming about opening a community or a youth center for recreation, a social hub, and for students and families to meet Jesus through those that serve there. <laughs> Some people, a journey, are dreaming about a cut flower farm and garden that fosters connection with God's creation and also relationships among other people. Some people are dreaming about being debt-free or about writing a book or building a dream house to live in and bless others with. As you probably know, we have this dream as a church of launching five life-giving locations in the next 10 years, from 2017 to 2027, and Middleville is the first one of those, and we're, we're actively moving in the dream. Now, here's the thing about all those dreams. It can't, they can't give you exact deadlines 
they can't give exactly like who's all in that picture, but they, there's some kind of picture starting to form. Like, I just feel like, I feel like this may be the thing. They're starting to construct the dream. It's starting to get a picture, a picture of the future, of the future. The next step is you, you, you start to choose an, an area. You start to construct the dream. You start to build the dream. What, what is true in that? The third thing is this, you connect a time frame. Connect a time frame. Now, this is not telling God what and when to do it. This is not so you can put it on your calendar and this is when it's going to happen. It's not to limit the dream. It's to start to clarify, like under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, full of his faith and his character, what, what might be true in my life in the next 10, 10 months? Maybe that's your time frame. Maybe, maybe the next three to five years is your time frame. Maybe you're thinking about retirement and that's, that's 10 years away. What's the time frame? Again, not to limit the dream, not to limit God, because it probably will take longer for some of us and probably take shorter for others. But to begin to have a little clarity to say, okay, if that was true in the next two years, how might I live and steward and build and pray right now? You connect a time frame. Choose an area, start to construct a dream, start to discern that picture, imagine that picture, create that picture, connect a time frame, and don't just stop there. Be really easy to stop there. Okay, got it. I got my smart goal. I'm, I'm going after it. Here's another step. Consider the impact. Consider the impact. If a dream really is something that will bring God glory and the world good, part of dreaming with God is not just dreaming what would be or what could be. It's considering the impact. If that dream were to be true, how might I be different? How might the world around me be different? How might the families around me, the individuals around me, be different. We start to consider the impact. We start to imagine not just the thing or the state or the achievement, but what could be true because of that thing. If it's a dream home, what could the impact of a dream home be on the lives of other people? If it's being debt-free, what could that free you up to do? If it's having a new vocational or, or job clarity and calling, what impact would that bring? Consider the impact. Dream about the impact. Don't just dream about the project or the goal or the thing. Dream about how you, how other people might be different because of it. So you choose an area. Choose an area. Construct the dream. Start to build the dream. Start to create with God. Imagine with God what could be. Acknowledge what is, but a, Acknowledge and, and foresee what could be. You consider the impact. Dream about the impact. And then here's the last step. Create the first step. Create the first step. Create a first stepping stone into living that dream, into living as if the the, the vision or the picture that God has deposited is true and will be true. Create the first step. Make it, like some people said, so easy 
you could trip over it. Make it so easy that you could trip over it. Like if it is like buying property somewhere in the greater Grand Rapids area, like this afternoon, like go on Zillow, okay? Go on Zillow. Now don't spend too long there, uh, but go on Zillow. And start to, start to take the first step. If it's, if it's launching a project or, or a business, have a good conversation with someone who's done it. If it's, if it's something in your, in your finances, get counsel, read something, watch a Dave Ramsey clip. Do, do something. Create the first step. Make it so easy you could trip over it. See, we can dream really, 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 really big, but oftentimes we should start really, 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 really small. Start really, really small. Create the first step. I want to take you to, and you can see this all throughout the pattern of Scripture, all throughout the story of God. God loves starting with small, sometimes obscure and really weird things. But God loves starting small. I want to take you to one place in in Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah 4.10, it's this this prophecy that the, the temple has been destroyed one time, this beautiful temple in Jerusalem has been destroyed, and God speaks to say, hey, this will be rebuilt. There's been years of delays. There's been years of, uh, of, of derailing this project. And he said, hey, my servant Zerubbabel is going to achieve this. So stay out of his way, and here's what's going to be true. And God, God speaks and says this, who dares the, despise the day of small things? Who dares, this is God speaking, who dares despise the day of small things since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. A plumb line is an instrument using when you're, when you're building walls, when you're constructing things. It's this very simple, not super flashy, ancient tool that they used. And God's saying when Zerubbabel picks up the tool, like heaven's having a party. He said, like, I'm rejoicing, not, not because the, the dream is fully accomplished yet, but because he started it. Not because the, the project or the goal or the picture is fully lived out, because he's taken the first step. And God says, don't despise that. Don't despise that. Imagine the God of all creation, the God of the universe is saying, don't despise when he picks up a little string with an arrowhead on it and starts to build a wall because he's partnering with the dream I deposited in him. He's starting really, really small. It's like Jesus would say, like, uh, if you find faith like a mustard seed, like, like a mustard seed, really small, really insignificant. So when you plant that, something good can happen. Something big can happen from a small beginning. So you choose an area. When you're dreaming with God, choose, choose an area. You construct a dream. You start to get a picture of what is. You start to get a picture of what could be. You connect a time frame, again, not to limit, not to perfectly expect, but to begin to anticipate, if this is true, when might it be true in my life? What might be the time frame? You consider the impact, and you take the first step. Let me ask you, where do you need to dream? Where do you need to dream? What's the area you'll, you'll choose? 
and, and by faith in the goodness and character of God, who's able to do immeasurably more than you can ask, you can think, you can imagine, you can perceive, you'll start to dream. And just like, just like um, Zerubbabel with the, the plumb line in his hand, I had this picture as I thought about you, as I thought about the, the dreams God's inviting me into. I had this picture of a, of a race. Now, some people in the room, maybe you've, you've ran cross country or track before, and uh, I had this picture of a race. And us being the runners in the race, and us getting ready to race, and maybe you're not like the best runner in the room, okay? Maybe you imagine yourself like a bunch of, like a, a bunch of uh, really fit track athletes, okay? And you're, you're getting ready for this race. And I think God for us, as we think about dreams, as we think about looking toward the future, as we think about imagining and creating and discerning with him. I think God's not a, a frustrated coach at the end of the finish line, waiting for us to get there, waiting for us to accomplish the thing, waiting for us to arrive, waiting for us to fulfill the good works that he set out. I think God's like a really excited parent that's just happy to see us lace up the shoes. He's just happy to see us get, get going and get in motion. Like he, like he said to prophet Zechariah, he's just excited when he sees the, something being begun, even if you're a little off track, even if you're a little out to lunch in some of your dreaming. I thought, think God gets excited about it because it's as we trust in his character and his ability, we start to imagine what might a God who can do immeasurably more than I can ask or think. What might he do through my life, through my time, through my resources? So sometime this week, would you process those five things? Sometimes this week, would you sit down with those five steps and say, okay, what is the area of my life? What's the area, what's the move for me?